from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget, you can always learn more about our program and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Jim Wilhelmson. He's a retired ordained minister, author, and UFO researcher who did intense study and research for the Mutual Unidentified Flying Objects Objects Network. For decades, Jim has interviewed Minister to and helped multitudes of alien abductees. He himself suffered strange encounters in his youth and was set free. As a minister, former abductee, and researcher, he understands demons and their hierarchy, spiritual world warfare, and deliverance. Jim's been interviewed on Coast to Coast with George Norrie. He's been interviewed by Ellie Marzulli for the Watcher 7 series, and he's also appeared and done other multiple interviews. But today we're going to discuss his book called Beyond Science Fiction, and I'd like to touch on the great deception. So if you would help me welcome Jim. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me on the show. Listen, Jim, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us today. Um, You know, first I'd like to start at the beginning. What got you interested in UFO research, and then what ultimately led you to writing the book Beyond Science Fiction? Well, um, I guess I'd have to start all the way back as, as far as I can remember. I'd always been an enthusiast about the space program. I'm 64 years old, so I mean, I remember Sputnik, Telstar, all of the you know, um, the development of the space program. I was just fascinated by it, you know, and my biggest dream someday was to be able to actually go in outer space and, you know, like a kid hoping that I could be an astronaut or something somehow connected to it. I was kind of a, um, I liked any kind of science and I was kind of a geeky kid, you know, when I first, you know, growing up, but, um, I used to have, and I was a sci-fi nut. I watched every sci-fi movie that had ever came on. And, uh, so it was just a lifelong fascination. In some experiences that I had, I knew that there was something real behind UFO sightings. Um, myself, I was even a victim and didn't know it. As far as I knew, I had science fiction dreams when I was a kid, but it was probably because of all the stuff that I watched and everything. It wasn't until I was in, um, what, 44, 40, around in my mid-40s that I really understood that uh, when I started investigating um, alien abduction, I thought, my gosh, this this defines my youth. This defines my life. And uh, so in prayer, I said, okay, Lord, do do I know anybody that had been abducted? And that's when I began to start putting all the pieces together. And probably the Lord, you know, did a face bomb thing and shook his head and goes, kid, if you only knew, and I guess I'm about to tell you, uh, because I had been a victim. And then when I understood it, um, the first thing for me when I came to this understanding that of the reality of UFOs, um, I'm backing up now 20 some years to 19, I think it was 1978. I said, Lord, you know, this stuff, I know some of this is real. Where is it in your word? I, at that early age, um, in my walk, I was only maybe a couple years old, three years old in the Lord. And, uh, and I asked the Lord, I said, you know, where does this fit into your book? Because I truly believe that anything that is going to challenge our faith, um, anything that is going to require us to 
have some kind of answer. It's going to be in the Word of God somewhere. God hasn't left us as orphans or left us without hope or understanding or a f- solid foundation in His Word. So if there's a threat, if there's something that um, that we need an answer for, God's always got it in His Word. Um, so at that time already, only three years old in the Lord, but I was mentored at, at about two years old in the Lord with a, um, a guy that was... Um, he was in college, uh, finishing up his Ph.D. at U of M in uh, ancient, in archaeology and ancient uh, Hebrew, um, centered around the Bible. So he wanted a researcher to do a lot of research because he was busy. So I was the geek that said, "Hey, I'd love to learn how to do that." So he he taught me how to use reference materials, taught me uh, some of the original language, and, and just I really gleaned a lot from him. So right from the from an early start, I was able to dig deep into the word. So. When I said this prayer, you know, and I was praying, Lord, where does this fit? I was shown Genesis 6 chapter. I was shown, uh, oh, what was it, um, Thessalonians 4th chapter and Daniel 11th chapter. And so putting the little pieces together, I only touched the, titch, touched the very tip of the iceberg. But from that, I realized that there was something that happened in Genesis 6 that was reoccurring in our time um, that had a direct relation between UFOs and aliens. Now, if you notice in Genesis 6, there's no mention of UFOs or anything like that. It talks about the sons of God coming into the daughters of men, producing this hybrid offspring, uh, and because of that, you know, the, the world was destroyed. But also, there was technology. But by going back to the original Hebrew and looking at some of these key words, I think I, I saw, oh my gosh, transhumanism, the, the uh, genetic alteration of, the, of animals and everything had been going on then. It was going on here. And that was pretty much all that I really knew at that time, just touching the tip of the iceberg. But that was 1978. I think five people on the whole planet even knew that. One would be Chuck Missler, one would be uh, I.D.E. Thomas, and a, and a couple others that their names escape me right now. But So when I pieced enough together, I, I actually gave a sermon to my uh, congregation. Now, my congregation wasn't your normal in-the-box congregation. I I pioneered and pastored one of the first evangelical Christian motorcycle clubs uh, in Detroit during a biker war. So that was really lent some interesting times and situations that happened. So I I gave this uh, sermon and, you know, of course, everybody knew I was always kind of an out of sight of the box anyway. So they didn't get too surprised. But, you know, they it was it was a different thing. And uh, I told my congregation, I said, now, when I hear of interbreeding or aliens abducting and, and uh, interbreeding with the human race. And it's, I just sense that I'm going to probably have to get into this more full time. But for right now, I'm too busy with, uh, with what God's going on with us right now in the, in the bike ministry. So, you know, that's just something that I'll have to set aside. Well, it was 20 years later when the Lord called me to start investigating all of this full time. And it was through a very vivid dream. And I knew from that dream that that something very important was going to happen. And, you know, sometimes the Lord gives you the message in two different ways. And um, at that time, I I was uh, involved in an accident and broke my ankle. And uh, so I was off of work. And I had a friend. She knew I didn't watch much TV. And so she called up and she says, you know, I, I, I know you're home, so I want you to turn on this channel and watch the craziest freak show you ever saw. You wouldn't believe what's on TV these days. So I, I said, okay, fine. You know, I'm not doing anything anyway. I'm not going anywhere i'm hobbling around on a crutch so i turned the tv on it was jerry springer and the topic that day was alien abduction and this just confirmed everything that i saw in the dream it was just you know i they were making fun of the the the, um, abductees of course you know the whole thing was just a big goof but 
As I'm watching the program, I heard the Lord say, this is the next thing I have for you. I want you to stand in a gap of this. I will begin telling you, you separate yourself unto me, and you'll learn. So I knew right at that moment, you know, things were exactly what I said they would probably be 20 years ago. Had I known, though, the abductions were going on in 78 when I was giving that sermon. I just was so clueless. I didn't know that that stuff was actually happening. But 20 years later, when it was right, and I thank God that it was, I'm glad that I got thrown into this with 20 years experience as a pastor in inner city, working with the the biker subculture. So, you know, deliverance and and things of that nature were already developed in me. I had survived um, death more than once from from threats, fire bombings, um, a lot of the stuff that you see in the Old Testament, I experienced when I was pastoring the the uh, King's Kids uh, Motorcycle Club. And so that formed for me a very solid faith that was definitely solidly based on the core, and it didn't allow me to swing to extreme tangents or anything because much of my faith was not just academic knowledge or theory or ideas it was put on the front line of life and death situations. So I knew a lot of this stuff was, you know, nobody's going to convince me otherwise. It's true. Getting into this kind of an arena way outside of the box, dealing with UFOs and aliens and time travel and parallel dimensions, all this kind of, you know, crazy far out stuff. Um, having that kind of a, an anchor to my faith was really essential. I've seen many, many get involved in this and just get shipwrecked in, in all different directions. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, you know, at first it was just a lifelong interest and simply God giving me answers to explain some of the confusion that I had, you know, when I was a Christian. And so that was the initial thing in 78. But in 96, this was a calling to ministry, to a full-time ministry. And as I started fasting and praying and seeking and getting answers, I realized this was going to change my life for the rest of my life. This was going to be something that I was going to be literally married to. And uh, once I had gotten a lot of the understandings and informations and crying and being angry and questioning my sanity. Um, I finally, you know, the Lord told me I was going to write a book. I'm going, yeah, right. Um, and, you know, my book is not the most articulate book. I mean, um, I've got a good brain and I can gather information and, and I've got an anointing to dig into the word and I'm good at it. But um, I basically was a, I went from a geek to a, um, a biker. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's how come I got into the bike club thing. Cause this is, you know, you grow where you're planted, and I, I rode in, a, in an outlaw motorcycle club, and I wasn't exactly a Boy Scout, scout but I wasn't real, the real hardcore type either. I was just there. It was part of the culture. So when I got out of it, the first thing the Lord did was have me start a Christian counterpart to part of my experience and life's experience. So that was good for a while, but then the next thing is, okay, I'm going to bring you back to geekdom. Now you're going to, now you're going to hit the books. Now you're going to get involved in stuff and get answers that you've always wondered about that um, – sometimes careful what you ask for because sometimes the answer is beyond science fiction it's just crazy make it up um so jim when you started this i would imagine as far as the christian community goes you probably got a lot of backlash and i think even today christians who might bring this up or ask their pastors about it would get some strange looks (laughs) Have you seen that overall attitude change from when you first started to today, or do you still think it's kind of an untouchable subject, especially in the Christian community? Well, you know, I I mean, I've been in it right from the beginning. In 1978, you mentioned something like that, and, you know, they're going to 
be running you out with tar and feather and, and calling you a heretic. So I didn't really say too much. You know, I, I said it to my um, congregation, and that was it. Um, in 1996, as I started um, proclaiming this stuff, now, you know, when I had the bike ministry, I'd been on uh, Channel 7 News. They did a um, Gannett newspapers uh, syndicated. They did a Sunday magazine section, which we don't even have those anymore, but they did, and that was a big thing back in the 70s. Um, I've been on the 700 Club. So I was pretty well known, kind of a high profile, you know, pioneer of this type of ministry and f- very favorable. People, you know, knew me as a, a pretty solid, balanced guy working with some of them, as we say, the dredges of society. And, and they're coming out to be, you know, model citizens and, and uh, set free from alcohol, drugs, rock and roll, sex, the whole nine yards. So I had a good, solid reputation when I started getting into this and I started talking about it. The next thing you know, Wilhelmson's off the deep end. He's going new age. He's, you know, involved in all this crazy stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I, I guess suffered by a lot of rejection. I had a few friends that stood by me, but even they were kind of apprehensive. It's like, well, you know, I, I trust you know what you're doing with the Lord, but this is just too weird for me. Can you just not bring it up around my friends when, when you're around? <laughs> so, I mean, it was, yeah, it, I suffered um, a lot. From a lot of different people, many, most of them, many of them were friends, colleagues. I nobody wanted to touch us with a ten foot pole. They didn't know anything about it, and I hate mm-hmm. to say it that even it's sad. Um, I think probably every teacher of the word and every preacher, and uh, you don't have to be an academic, but you should know how to go back to the original languages on the words, just at least at the minimum. Um, you just should because there's just so many things that by not going back and just taking. Uh, um, a translated, uh, you know, belief of what's being said, um, it can be reckless, it can be careless. We can bring hand-me-down doctrines that have absolutely no scriptural backing at all because we're just looking at a translation instead of going back to the original languages. So that was, you know, a, a big problem. In 2003, I was invited to speak at the first Ancient of Days conference in Roswell, New Mexico. Now, this was, this was a guy that was... Uh, um, pretty ingenious in bringing together secular UFO investigators and right in the heart, I don't know if you're familiar with Roswell, but Roswell was the 1947 uh, crash spaceship uh, saucer that was recovered by the military. They claimed it one day and said they even found bodies. And then the next day, General Ramey from Fort Worth says, no, 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 you, found, you saw a weather balloon. So they changed the whole story. Um, now, that was where this, this conference was. And probably at that time, maybe 12 people are, were the only people on this planet that had websites that had uh, any kind of written copyrighted literature on a biblical presentation of Genesis 6 UFOs and aliens. So we all met for the first time. We kind of patted each other in the back and, and agreed, wow, we really aren't going crazy, are we? This is really a real thing. It encouraged us. It, it shocked the secular UFO community because they had never heard of any kind of a, a biblical, sound biblical presentation before. And... Uh, it rocked their world, and you better believe they started doing their homework to find, instead of being excited that we could confirm some of their work, they're getting upset and even mad at us because we're over-tipping the apple cart. Because, see, most of them believed that this is a good thing, that they're here to enlighten us and bring us into a, a greater uh, community of, of beings. And we're saying, I uh, know they're fallen angels, and this is a deception, and you don't, it's bad news for mankind. You don't want, it, you don't want this. It's bad. Well, you know, we weren't accepted very well. But 
in that very beginning, it started to grow. So from 2003 to 2009, I mean, where there used to be the 12 websites, now there's thousands and now literally millions all over that are becoming aware of this, at least a minimal understanding that Genesis 6, oh, that's the Nephilim, oh, that's the UFOs and aliens that's going on today. So and probably in a weird way, it's it has to do with the secular world bringing these movies and TV programs everywhere you look. It's it's in our pop culture and our everyday you know culture, and in a weird way, maybe that is what has brought more interest in the subject, even down to the the Christian community. I don't know. That's just what I what oh. I observe. No, I think that's very insightful. I think you're right. Uh, the thing, and see how it started was once the secular people knew what uh, you know what some of us as actual Bible scholars that that understood the original language and everything, we brought this out. They heard it, and now they're back. You know, they're desperately backpedaling. Oh, we got a nephilim. What the heck? Okay, let's let's right. figure this one out. Grays. Oh no, the Grays aren't really intelligent. No, they're little bumbling idiots that just you know. So they they start changing everything. And putting a spin on it, they'll use the same terms, but then they put a spin on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that we get a movie like Noah, where the Nephilim are actually happening out Noah. Oh, come on, are you serious? But the good thing of that, the word Nephilim is, is known now. Oh, yeah, that's Genesis. That's in the Bible. That's in Genesis 6. So good or bad, you know, it's getting out. Now, my book was written originally in 1996 is when I started writing it. And when I concluded most of it, I was so scared to death to print it. Because I'm basically saying, you know, there's there's people that look just like us that are hybrids. They're not even human. Um, they're fallen angels, and they're steering us towards a one-world religion, one-world um, government, one-world economic system. And my fear was, if I'm not careful in how I present this book, some nut's going to walk into McDonald's, whack 10 people, and say, oh, they're Nephilim. I read it in this book here. And, you know, I didn't want to be responsible for that. So I actually waited 10 years before I published mm-hmm. it. That plus I was hoping that somebody would come that would be like a, a really good grammatical um, expert and polish up my writing. I never did get all of it polished up. So my book is, uh, I will admit, somewhat poorly written because I'm a ninth grade kickout that took my GED, went to college, graduated college. I never took any English. I took engineering. I took, uh, you know, uh, welding. And uh, then I went from there, went into Bible college for a year and a half. So it's kind of weird, but I know... I know um, Hebrew, Aramaic, and, and uh, uh, Greek mechanics, linguistics, and stuff better than I know English. Hmm. I mean, you know, I guess you read my book. You know, it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't have gotten an A in grammar. But <laughs> well, Jim, let's take our first break. Listeners, today my guest is Jim Wilhelmson. He's the author of Beyond Science Fiction, and we'll be back shortly on the Truth Seekers radio show. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. 
That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic Lows. You can't afford to wait. So call, call 800-965-1291. 800-965-1291. 800-965-1291. You can control your health care with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is an alternative to expensive health insurance. You can finally make the right decisions for you and your family. It's not insurance. It's medical cost sharing. You can affordably control the cost of your medical expenses. It's a group of individuals effectively sharing the cost of health care and paying far less for it. You don't even have to pay for procedures that are unnecessary or that violate your conscience. This is based on shared values. You are not alone. With Liberty Health Share, you're part of something bigger, a group of people who care for and support one another. Join the movement of people who share in medical costs and change the way you pay for your health care forever. It's simple and easy. Call 1-800-714-6993 right now for more information. Or visit LibertyOnCall.com. Get a free estimate today. Liberty Health Share. There is an answer. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Jim Wilhelmsen. He's the author of Beyond Science Fiction. And we're discussing his book, End Times and the Great Deception. So, Jim, let's go back. You mentioned, you know, alien. What what exactly are aliens? Do you think that they're from another planet, as most people think, or do you think they're fallen angels or something else? Well, everybody likes to say, well, they're interdimensional beings. They're from another dimension. And, and I, I find that most Christians define what that other dimension is. Well, nobody knows. We haven't been there. Well, I, I think it's a lot easier than that. And it might bring a bring together two camps to maybe, well, it's not going to reconcile. Long as, long, long, not as long as Satan exists. He's going to continue to cause a division. But I would say that there are no aliens anywhere in the cosmos. If you define an alien as an entity that potentially is neutral outside of the realm of God's redemptive plan for Earth, so that they're, you know, like the Vatican would have you believe that they'll go ahead and baptize uh, an alien no matter how many tentacles they have. That's so unsound. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, The fact is that we are the firstborn of our kind, Jesus being the firstborn of the dead, firstborn of many brethren. Um, We are the first of our kind because our eventual promise is to be joint heirs and co-rulers with Christ. There's never been a creation ever made like that before in that capacity. And there's got to be a prototype, a first, a start to anything. I used to work in auto prototypes, so I get it. I get it that, that there has to be a beginning somewhere. So you look out in the vastness of stars and people say, you mean to tell me you think it's all about us and it's, you know, we're the only ones out there? I'm not saying that there's not anything out there, but whatever's out there is either part of the kingdom of heaven or it's part of a rebel alliance against the kingdom of heaven. There's nothing neutral in between because in that respect, it's all about us. So, so what's out there? Well, there's. Uh, it, it's funny that there's references in Job about two different, um, two different constellations, the Pleiades and the um, or, Orion. And there's also a lot of stuff, especially around Orion's belt and, and things doing with uh, ancient 
uh, artifacts and relics and buildings and whatnot. So I find it interesting that the two main types of aliens say one says they're from the Pallades, one says they're from Orion Belt. Now, here's the thing that Christianity, a big obstacle they're going to have to get over. If you let the Bible interpret itself by itself, angels are fully physical beings. They have a DNA, they have a body, they have a structure. Now, some people, wait a minute, you know, it says, that are they not ministering spirits? Sure, they're ministering spirits. That doesn't mean that they're not a corporal body. Now, let me explain it this way. There's another scripture in Peter where it says that, that eight souls were saved by water. And this is, of course, the eight people that were saved from Noah's flood, uh, Noah and, and his family. Now, he just called them souls. Why? We're more than a soul. We have a soul. We have a body that carries that soul. And we have a spirit uh, that can redeem that soul uh, in our likeness of Christ. If, when, if and when we're born again, our spirit becomes born again. So we have three parts, yet they're just called us a soul. And in the other scripture, they called angels spirits. Now, here's why. Our primary operating system while on earth in its mortal life is our soul, and it's in need of redemption. In heaven, outside of this realm, primary operating spirit uh, system is a spirit. So they're spirits, we're souls. Simple matter. How can I prove this? Well, angels were, you know, ate food with men. We're warned to uh, beware who we entertain because we entertain angels unawares. People say, well, that's because they're shapeshifters. Well, show me chapter, text, and verse anywhere in the Bible where it says they're shapeshifters. I don't see it. I don't get it. Nobody's been able to show me that yet. But I can show you something that puts a wrench in the whole works. When the children of Israel were walking through the wilderness, they were fed manna. Now, in um, Exodus, it doesn't tell you what manna is or anything, um, but in Psalms, David is singing a song, and he says that the children of Israel were fed the corn of heaven, manna, the food of angels. It's angel food. Well, how can an incorporeal entity eat food? And this is, we're talking about in heaven, not on earth. This is the corn of heaven, third heaven, and it's food for the angels. So there's a lot of other scriptures that indicate that um, that Satan had uh, authority in the mountain of God, which was the third heaven. The word for heaven, Shamyam, actually is a triple-decker heaven, and only context do we know which one it's talking about. There's there's the uh dimension outside of time where the Lord exists. Then there's the second heaven, which is, you know, it's not some never-never mystical, etherical place. It's what we see with a telescope. Planets, galaxy systems, it's this universe. Then we have the third heaven, which is the atmosphere around this earth. It's earth. So, one, two, three. So, context will usually tell us where we are. In one interesting text of scripture in, uh, I think it's Ezekiel 38, it's talking about the attributes and the, the anointing that Satan had as Lucifer. And it says that he had authority in the third heaven, in, in the mountain of God. Then he said he could walk amongst the, um, in the midst of the stones of fire. And when you look it up in the Hebrew and everything, it literally is, the, it's planets. He has a domain, a rule in the second level of uh, a three-decker heaven. And then he's a prince in power of the air. And well, he is appointed and put in the Garden of Eden is kind of like God's super cop to guide and protect. So he had authority in all three. Well, it doesn't mention anything more about any other place. One, two, three. So my claim is that fallen angels or angels probably exist in the second heaven. And if there's any life there, they're either part of God's kingdom or they're part of a rebel alliance. I think uh, one of the one of the first early 12 was Dave Flynn. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, Dave Flynn wrote the book, uh, title right, Sedona. It was about the Mars, Earth-Mars connection. He's actually an iconic figure, one of, one of the first, and um, had the other book was Temple at the Center of Time. He just passed away recently in 2011. I was a good friend of his. And, and uh, well, anyways, he made the same claim that, that probably, especially the so-called face on Mars, the pyramids and the city and all that stuff, 
he believed, and he has a biblical reason to believe it, that it might have been like an outpost that the uh, the angels uh, during the Re- uh, Genesis 6 was kind of like an outpost there, and there was some kind of definite connection. It's reflected in Canterbury, England. It's reflected in Sedona, Arizona, and several other places um, around the world where there's buildings and edifices that are almost uh, in the same mathematical pattern. But anyways, um, he, so his, his claim also is that uh, the second heaven is just our universe, planets, solar systems. So angels are literal, tangible beings, then, yeah, they're living on these different places. But they are either part of God's kingdom or they're part of a rebel alliance. So when we say that they're interdimensional, yeah, they are. They're they're in that outer space area. Um, but they're not aliens in the sense of what people on Earth are trying to promote and, and say. So this is why the secular people are believing angels are incorporeal, will-o'-the-wisp things and have nothing to do with, with aliens, because aliens are tangible. We got proof of it and whatnot. And Christians are having a hard time accepting the fact that um, some of these things could actually be coming or came originally. Now, they're all cast down on this earth on dry land amongst men. That's literally the Greek in Revelations 11 chapter, where there was war in heaven, Satan and his angels prevailed not, and were cast uh, into the earth. And it says Satan was cast into the earth, and his angels also with him. And in, in the Greek there, it literally means on dry land amongst men, exactly what we're claiming is we are experiencing now, exactly what Jude warns in uh, in his book. So all these things are somewhat to some traumatic to our faith because we've been taught a different belief. And I think at that time we were like innocent children. There was no threat coming against this aspect of our faith. So we left it, you know, God left it just for um, that kind of a, unscriptural and incomplete informed understanding but now it becomes very dangerous because now we got entities coming and claiming to be aliens claiming to be our creators claiming to um, come back to enlighten us into a new age we better have a good accurate picture of where these things actually maybe come from what they're doing here now and what they're hoping to do in the future because it's no good news for man so my claim is that that it's really a matter of semantics it doesn't even really matter are they in this uh, in the physical universe outside here the second heaven i think so but where you know like if i'm wrong they come from somewhere and from that place they're coming here and they don't have any goodwill toward mankind they have their own agenda and literally it's to take over okay jim let's take our second break listeners today my guest is jim wilhelmson he's the author of beyond science fiction we're talking about his book and times and I'd like to talk about the Great Deception, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers Radio Show. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 855-371-FAST 
855-371-FAST. 855-371-FAST. 855-371-3278. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Want to lose weight? Then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away. That's exactly what Thermometer does. Thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange, brown seaweed, and decaffeinated green tea. Their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects. Thermometer is not available in stores. It's only available to listeners of this station. We're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer. Call now for your risk-free trial offer. 1-800-430-4147 more time 800-430-4147 Welcome back you're listening to the True Seekers radio show today my guest is Jim Wilhelmson he's the author of Beyond Science Fiction Jim before there's so many things I wanted to ask you and I can see we're not going to have the time to do it but so before time gets away from us I want to read this quote from your book because it's about the great deception and that's what I wanted to hit on next There will come a time when the great deceiver and imitator will offer to his chosen human agents signs and lying wonders as part of a great deception. This deception will be part of a catalyst to create a one-world government and religion called the New Age. For those that may not be familiar with the term the great deception, can you tell us what it is and how it will come about? Well, it's taken basically from... um, I think it's Second Thessalonians fourth chapter it says, "I behold, I will send a strong delusion upon all them that believe not the truth, that they might all be um, leave a lie, and by that they'll be damned." I'm grossly paraphrasing it, but that's basically the gist of this context. So the idea that, is that we are knowing. It says uh, even Jesus warned that 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 this thing would come, and if it were possible, deceive the very elect. Now I love that if because that if gives us hope. We who are connected to God and are right and tight with God, we're going to see it coming. We're going to know it. Everybody else is going to be totally deceived, the majority of the world. This thing is going to be so real. Well, I think I found what that is, what's going to be so slick, what's going to be so deceptive. The Lord told me during a time of very intimate prayer and fasting back in 1996, he says, Jim, once you understand that Satan is doing everything the same but opposite that I've done, right to every little detail. You'll understand history, you'll understand the deception, you'll understand everything. Because everything you see is being played out in the same but opposite. That's why we have cattle slaughterings. Cattle slaughterings, now in the earlier uh, mentions of cattle slaughterings, and now that Christians have come into this, they've taken and removed certain things out of documents. I won't mention anymore. But in the older documentaries, going back to the 70s and 60s, uh, addressing cattle slaughtering, they noted that it was only firstborn male or firstborn cattle that was being slaughtered, male or female. I didn't mean male, but firstborn cattle. Uh, actually, we know that firstborn has the strength of the genetics and genes, and they're looking for stuff. I find it funny that in the cattle slaughterings, um, 
what is taken is uh, sensory organs and sexual organs, the very thing that these so-called greys say they lack. They have antrophied uh, sexual organs because they reproduce by cloning uh, of themselves and then um, sensory organs because they project thought instead of speaking. Um, They have little tiny holes for ears. Uh, so they don't actually even talk, and, and they're, like, shrunken and shriveled. Well, these are all definitions for the Nakash mentioned in, in uh, Genesis 3. So um, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, the deception. Okay. So the thing is that, that as the secular people are finding out what the biblical perspective are, they're backpedaling and putting a twist and a spin on it. But every So they remove the firstborn because, hey, that doesn't that sound familiar with <laughs> With the Levitical priests and the and the uh, sacrifices, always with the firstborn. So, what they're actually doing with all of that is they're they're mining resources uh, for a genetic program. The cows happen to be the most genetically close, uh, closer than an ape, than uh, that is compatible with human um, with the human body. So that. In emergencies, we can actually use cow's bloods for blood transfusions. So they're using the sensory organs and the and the um, sexual organs to bring them back to a position that they once had. Because in Genesis third chapter, the uh, curse was put upon the serpent that he would be banned from having fertility with animals or or humans. Well, they're rebels. They circumvent everything that God says, so they're going to find their own way. There's a scripture that says, "Eyes have they, they see not; ears have they." But they hear not, mouths have they, but they speak not. Those that make them are like them. So think of the image of the beast. They have eyes that hear, they have, um, ear, I mean, eyes that see, ears that hear, and mouths that speak. So they that are like them, they that are like them, they that built them are like them. So this is the same opposite of being the firstborn of many brethren. Um, they are going to. They're looking for a self-redemption. So at this time, the disembodied spirits are not going to die a death, a physical death. This time, they're going to have a physical body, but they're not going to die. And in Joel's second chapter, talking about this locust invasion, they fall upon a sword. They're not wounded. In Revelation 9, the same invasion, it says that they have breastplates of iron. Um, and it's interesting that those that took the mark seek death and they can't find it. Why? Because it's it's a whole process what they have got from themselves, what they are gleaning from mankind through um, all of the experiments that they do on uh, abductees, they're actually extracting, I believe, the DNA. I believe the DNA code for our resurrected bodies are always already within us. They can't create that for themselves because they're not God, but they can tweak everything that God has made. So they're extracting that, synthesizing it for themselves so that a reptilian or an insectoid type of alien will actually be able to have the DNA marker of their consciousness to a human-looking body so that the disembodied spirits can be brought back, cloning, transhumanism, cybernetics, uh, probably an element of all of that to produce an avatar that looks totally human and enjoys all the fleshly desires of a human, but is also impervious to death. This is what it's all about. This is what they're looking for. Now, they're doing it very specifically in everything the same and opposite of what God has done. There's already a book written by a New Ager, and he's actually connected with the United Nations, uh, Peter de Monsieur. He wrote a book called The Armageddon Script. And in this book, it says that in order for the accountability religions of, uh, even include uh, Islam, that there's one one God and we're accountable to him, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, says it will be essential to fulfill their prophetic expectations. Then and only then will they, they hop on board with a one-world government. 
So then he kind of lays out the, the idea and some of the plans. Well, that book was already written. You know, it, it just repeats history. If you would have read Mein Kampf, you would have known what Hitler was doing. If you would have read the Tanaka Papers, you'd know what the Japanese were planning on doing. In all of these different plots and plans, even though it stretches out to 60-some years, it's usually already recorded somewhere and, and ready for us to read. Well, Peter Le Masseurs is probably what is going to happen so that Satan, in producing everything that he wants for himself, he wants an eternal realm to rule and he wants... Uh, his own beings to rule. So his plan then is to fulfill everything in the same but opposite fashion. Everything. It, it explains a lot of history. It explains a lot in World War II that is not addressed by anyone that I know of. And in this, we could expect, I think, in the future sometime, we can expect a phony rapture, and who are taken are the New Agers, Christians are left behind. And the way Satan likes to parallel and not care too much about details, it's only Christians that are going to catch this. But the rest of the world... They understand a rapture now. We've seen a major Hollywood movie about it. They don't know any of the details. So most New Agers are expecting a rapture. They're expecting there's going to be an element of those that are chosen. They're going to be taken away before some really hard times come and then brought back afterwards, being preserved because of their uniqueness, their intellectual abilities or, or whatever. So I'm saying that the phony rapture will happen before the real one. And what happens is New Agers are taking Christians left behind. Probably only 144,000 are taken, and it's going to be a way to turn the tables so that silly Christian, you had it wrong, um, you're left behind. But hey, they got, they were taken and they had it right. And then everything beyond that point is going to try to fulfill, the New Age is going to try, and theosophy will try to fulfill itself as a completion of Christian, Christian theology, Christian eschatology. And in that, we'll have a phony rapture, and then we're going to have a phony second coming. We may even have an invasion of another group that are going to support and prove um, the side of Islam. And this gets crazy. We don't really have time right here. I'm in my second book, I'm going to be touching on some of that. I do have a few videos out on YouTube that address it. Uh, one was removed. I think the other one is still there. It's um, the, uh, America, the Tribe of Dan, and Three Frogs. And in that, I, I show how we have good alien, bad alien, but they're both bad. One's playing the adversary, and they may have uh, Farrakhan's Desire and hope may actually come true. Now, Farrakhan, the head of uh, uh, the black Muslim movement, um, claims that there's a mothership out orbiting the Earth that's going to come down and destroy white America uh, during some kind of a, um, a great turmoil, probably during World War III. Sounds crazy, but now there's, they're pushing on an academic level to prove all these things. And whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is that many, many people are starting to believe this. It's taking a life on of its own. Um, others, the New Ages, are believing that the, the Nordic, the good aliens, they call them the Nordics. It's funny, back in the 50s, these Nordics were seen in uh, vehicles that were just like the captured documents that we found in Nazi Germany. The, some of them times they were caught talking German. They were about eight foot tall, six to eight foot tall, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed or red hair. And uh, they were in, like I said, vehicles that looked like the captured documents that we had in Germany. And they're professing theosophy as their philosophy and warning us of coming events and, and telling us that we have to uh, be prepared and ready for uh, great changes. And, of course, everything is based on theosophy and it's based on uh, the coming cosmic crisis going to come and, and save their bacon. So, you know, these things are, you know, they're slowly forming decade by decade, becoming more solid. Now to the point where you can't turn the TV on, History Channel, even the Travel Channel. They've got something about aliens. They've got something about the technology, um, you know, that we've gleaned from it. And, and uh, it's just a lot of craziness. It's, it's all seeds planted to get us ready to expect an alien intervention. 
Yeah, they're slowly changing the mindset of yes. everyone through all this media stuff. Anyway, Jim, let's go take our last break. Listeners, today my guest is Jim Wilhelmson. He is the author of Beyond Science Fiction. We'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. Want to lose weight? Then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away. That's exactly what Thermometer does. Thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange, brown seaweed, and decaffeinated green tea. Their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects. Thermometer is not available in stores. It's only available to listeners of this station. We're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer. Call now for your risk-free trial offer. 800-430-4147. One more time. 800-430-4147. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show today. My guest is Jim Wilhelmson. He's the author of Beyond Science Fiction. Jim, before we go further, can you give out your web address or tell the listeners how they can get Beyond Science Fiction? Okay, on uh, the better deal, unless you're outside of the continental U.S., the, the uh, better deal is to go to my website, echoesofenoch.org or .com. That's E-C-H-O-E-S-O-F-E-N-O-C-H dot org or dot com. Um, on the front, you'll hit the picture of my book, and then you can get the uh, either the address to send a check, or um, I, you can go through PayPal. And I send them out usually the same day I get a notification. Um, the other way, because it, it costs more in postage to send it overseas than that book actually costs. So sometimes going through Amazon or Barnes and Noble with their free shipping, you can, and they have localized areas where you can uh, where they'll send it to you. It'll be free. So you pay $23 for my book through them or 15 postage paid if you're continental United States through my web page. Um, I also have, a, well, I had a lot of them removed. So did a lot of other people. And it's funny, the, the, all the videos that I've had removed on YouTube have been um, 
anything against Obama, anything against Islam, anything making a connection between Nazi technology and UFO and aliens. A lot of that has been removed and some of the stuff on time travel. So um, the other thing is I got a Facebook page, my name, uh, Jim Wilhelmson. Um, I do more updates on there than I do my uh, website, actually. And uh, my email address is awitness41. That's A-W-I-T-N-E-S-S, the number four, the number one, at AOL.com. Well, Jim, we only have a few minutes left. Could you just briefly tell us a little bit, because you do a whole chapter on the Roswell and the history. Can you just give us a a quick uh, background on that and how that plays into all of this? Well, I lived in Roswell, New Mexico for four years. Uh, became pretty much, the, by that time, pretty much an insider. So I got I got interviews and um, testimonies from things you've never seen on, on television. One particular interesting one was a, a woman that was about 15 years older than me. So she was in her mid, mid to late 70s. And uh, she was a teenager during the time of the Roswell crash. And she actually went to church. Um, she's a born-again Christian. Her parents were. And they went to church to the people that owned the ranch on Corona, uh, in Corona because there was two crashes. I don't know whether people realize that. One was in closer to Roswell, and the other one was in Corona, New Mexico. And the one in Corona is where they discovered the bodies and took them away. Well, they were Christians and went to the same church as this woman. And this woman's uh, father is a, a well-known archaeologist, so she told me no names mentioned. They didn't want to be associated with any of this stuff. But she overheard her, her parents talking to the owners of the Corona, uh, the 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 ranch at uh, Corina, and uh, they were talking, they were saying, well, you know, we just don't, the one thing we don't understand is where these little gray things are. How, is it mentioned in the Bible? How come, I, I, we don't know where, you know, where did they come from? How come it's not mentioned in the Bible? So they were really stressed out by the fact that they had seen them remove the, the gray aliens from their um, property. I say they're fallen angels. They're physical. The way they they have a sense of eternal life is that they do die a physical death, but they just simply put their consciousness back into another, it's like we would put a suit on. I think that every evidence of that is the fact that if there was a war in heaven, and they're incorporeal beings, how do you have a war in heaven? If the prince of Persia had detained the angel that was trying to get a hold of Daniel, how did that, how, how did that happen if they're just will-o'-the-west spirits? Because they are physical, and there's a physicality to it. So in all of that, there was no weather room that clashed, uh, crashed. All the farmers in that area knew about Alamogordo and all the testing that was going on. And they were actually informed, if you find one of our weather balloons, please let us know because um, we'll give you $25. In 1947, that was a good chunk of change that any farmer would have loved. So it was a typical procedure in that whole process. There was no surprise. I talked to another man who, um, he was in his 80s, and uh, he was a uh, just a sergeant flying in the Army Air Corps, and he flew the transport planes from Roswell uh, to uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, a whole bunch of boxes, right at the same time when all the area was cordoned off and everything. Well, he said he didn't see anything dramatic, just a lot of stuff that was being moved to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is, has, and always has been the base if they get captured uh, enemy weapons or anything, they take them there and back engineer them. They, they strip them all down and do research on it. So if it was a crashed weather balloon that, that crashed in Roswell, how come they took and loaded all these boxes and sent them to the one place where uh, things were unknown would be back engineered? I mean, there's so much evidence that the most laughable thing was, oh, they were crash test dummies. Those dummies weren't even into existence until 10, 
12 years later after the, the crash. So, you know, the government keeps lying, lying, and lying. And the more they lie, the weaker it is and the lamer it is. So and should be the more obvious that they're not telling us the truth. Um, Jim, we're about out of time. But before we leave, I just want, in, in the midst of all this gloom and doom, what do you want to leave with the listeners tonight? Oh, I love it. I love it. This is the best part. My favorite scripture is in uh, Romans 8, uh, 38. It says, For I am fully persuaded in neither death, nor life, nor things to come, nor things past, nor things in the future, nor any principality of power, or any other creature. I love that word, creature. Can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And then through all of this, God is in control. He's always been in control. Um, actually, there's a scripture in uh, Ecclesiastes 3.15. It says, everything that is has already been. Everything that will be has already been. And God requires an account on that which is past. God is outside of time. It is already done. We're living in a parallel universe. That means that the Bible is the entire recorded history from beginning to end. It's not like he's arm wrestling with the Satan and with an undetermined end. It's already been done. It's over. And we win because I peaked. I looked in Revelation's 19th <laughs> chapter, and it says that here, can you imagine 6,000-some years Satan has worked on this great grand plan to create this invincible ultimate army? And here it comes marching into the Valley of Megiddo for the Battle of Armageddon. And it says that the Lord comes. We're kind of behind him, but the Lord comes. A two-edged sword comes out of his mouth. And it totally annihilates everything. Now, that two-edged sword is not literally a sword. It's the Word of God. And there's two words. The Bible always interprets itself by itself. Two words, Jesus says, and he destroys 6,000 years of Satan's best plan. Now, when Jesus was uh, contending with the Pharisees, talking about Abraham, and then he said, before Abraham was I am, they said, you know, they said, what are you you're talking like you were here before Abraham? What do, you, what do you mean by this? And that's what he said, before Abraham, I am. Boom, they went down on the floor. When they came to arrest Jesus that night, they said, are you the one we seek? He said, I am. Boom, they went down on the floor. So guess what? He says over the Battle of Armageddon, I am. And boom, 6,000 years of Satan's best in two words, I am. He is the great I am. Jim, we're out of time. you got to come back because there's so much we didn't cover. Listeners, today my guest was Jim Wilhelmson. His uh, book is called Beyond Science Fiction. Thanks for joining us tonight, and until next week on the Truth Seekers radio show, God bless.